The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Send a maniac to catch one. Hey, hey, gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee's here, so you know it's time for another rip-roaring episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, Matt Welch joins us to discuss why he thinks Field of Dreams is nostalgic nonsense. You know I love alliteration. Sitting in the co-host chair, you may remember him from The Natural. That's right, Nick Whitmer joins me to discuss, hey, is Matt crazy or, you know, just in Iowa? guttingthesacredcow.com for your all your t-shirts, hats, mugs that have our faces on it. Patreon.com slash guttingthesacredcow podcast. And of course, thank you for telling your friends and how awesome this podcast is and writing those five or you know five-star ratings, two or three sentence reviews on your podcast platform of choice because it does help this algorithm, which is a fickle one. And there you go. No more delays. Here we go. Field the dreams with Matt Welch. Gather round, here's what I know It's just that this cow has got to go I know some people kinda like it, yeah, it's training right now Yeah, that doesn't matter cause we're gutting the sacred cow I said, Ming, what are you doing here? I told you to go fuck your mother. Nick Whitmer, name that film. Ooh, it sounds vaguely 80s. Uh, right. <laughs> people naming, yeah, uh, man, Ming, huh? Fuck your mother. Uh, rated R for sure, because the language. Is it an 80s movie? Nope. Can you give me that? Uh, it's not. Fuck. It's not an 80s movie. Uh, something about Mary? No, sir. Our guest today is Matt Welch. Matt, super fan of the California, nay, Anaheim Angels. Matt, do you know what film that is from? No, I don't. And they're called the Los Angeles Angels again. Come on now. I was waiting for that. that, that that's I, I set that up for you. And you I know, I know. <laughs> The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. No, sirs. The answer is you're going to hate yourselves for not knowing this one. Goodfellas. Oh, see, it seemed too obvious. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, same. 
I mean, the Ming part, I could see why it would throw you, but Ming, go fuck your mother. I can kind of even said like that. <laughs> Kevin Goatseen, guest host Nick Whitmer, who the fans adored after he took the tits right off of the natural, is going to sit in the co-host chair tonight. But Good. Matt Welch is... the people are on my side. Yeah, but Matt, except for Bill Schultz, who hated you for trying to yep. take down the natural. Yep. And sticking along those Softy. same baseball love films, Matt hates... Field of Dreams, yes. 1989, a budget of 15 million, a box office gross of 84.4 million. Turn that into 2022 money, 34.7 million dollar budget, 195.2 million dollars. IMDb, as we all know, is a scale of one through ten with decimal points. Matt, what do you think that Field of Dreams scored? On IMDb, pausing for Not, a sip of my gym. 9.1. Ballsy guess. Nick Whitmer. I wouldn't say that. Uh, this is a movie that just recently, I think in the last five years, people just started hating it. Uh, <laughs> I would guess 7.6. One of you has won both showcases. And that person's going to have their ass grabbed by Bob Barker is Nick Whitmer. Yes. <laughs> 7.5. Damn. Oh, wow. That's one off. Rotten Tomatoes is a 1 through 100 score. Nick, what did the critics score, Field of Dreams? The critics. I think the critics probably like this. I'd say, I'd say 82. Matt? I was going 83. I've been humbled, Ooh. chastened from the first go round, but I'd say 83. You're going to one dollar him. Well, that one dollaring yeah. works. 88 by the crowd. Oh, nice. Well done. Thank and you. now, Matt, back to you for the audience Rotten Tomato score. Oh, dear God. Uh, now, now we're talking 90s. Uh, I will say 94. Nick? I would say 75. I go with 86. The- 86. I win. I do. You do. You do. Yeah. 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 Quotes, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. It's Iowa. Did that twice, just in case you didn't get it the first time. Yep. If he's such a good friend, he would have given you his address. (laughs) Do we need it in this one? This one I I forgot about, but man, this is great. Do we need a catcher? Not if you get it close to the plate. Yeah. Just once I want to look a pitcher back before he throws a pitch and wink at him. Matt, what about you? Good night. You know it. Quotes, Matt. Anything jump out at you quote-wise? Um, besides uh, every single possible time, them saying, well, you know, we went to Berkeley, uh, but we, we, we majored in the 60s. Yes. They had to let you know that the <laughs> 60s was a thing. J- James Earl Jones sees Kevin Costner. Are you from the 60s? And sort of takes bug spray at him, which is actually one of the best moments of the, of the film, if we're being honest. But uh, yeah, the 60s in all caps. Is, is just that what quote. that was? That was bug spray. Oh yeah. I was like, what yeah. is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that I mean, is. He lives is in that, Boston. Is that one of those fireplace <laughs> things? Free- bug spray. No, not be- those. Are, aren't those called bellows with the, the the air thing that you pump? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was bug spray. That or holy smoke they use in Catholic churches. Either or, both are disgusting to breathe in. Number. Uh, I, I love for quotes. I love the Amy Madigan at the PTA meeting where she calls her Ava Braun and says, "No, you had two fifties in the seventies." That, that was great. That was, that a was great good. Moment. The Nazi cow. Nazi uh, my fa- cow. The best quote uh, is is uh, you know one of the worst, which is, uh, "Hey pop, do you want to have a catch?" 
<laughs> have a catch. I noticed, Nick, that you were wearing a baseball hat. How yes, many sir. times you, as a baseball fan, and as someone who has put a glove on your hand and thrown a ball to another human being, did you, let's go have a catch. Yeah, I, I think the verb usually we used when I was a kid was you'd go play catch. You play catch. You play catch. Play That's catch, what we do yeah. in America. We don't have a catch. It's not a passive thing that goes on. Uh, so to the defend most it early line, on, it just felt antiquated and the whole movie's antiquated, but I don't know. I don't know if that's right. right. I don't know if anybody's ever said that. If that's a screenwriter who just doesn't know shit. I have no idea. You two English lit majors can tongue kiss it out later. Hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) I majored in the 60s, bro. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Majored in the 60s. We're we're hippies. We get it. Okay. Far out, man. Yeah. Peace, love, dope. All right. Any other quotes from you boys? Anything else jump out at you? Matt, Nick, anything else? It's more uh, the enunciation because you hear it at every goddamn baseball game um, and you have for 30 years is a uh, uh, James Earl Jones is fantastic a voice. But the way that he's pronounces baseball, baseball right? again, no human being except for him in this speech in this movie has ever pronounced the word baseball as baseball in that way to give it he, this kind of uh, over the top gravitas, but it's sexy. It's a great line line reading. So right. more he powerful. does he does play an eccentric writer. So I'll give him that. that but I loved uh, I love the Terrence Mann scene when Kevin Cosner first gets there. There's so many like just anything Terrence Mann said in that scene, uh, and then he's then Kevin Cosner's like, "I'm not going to show you my gun." Great quote. Yeah, as if that's like a like a big deal, like showing them the gun. Yeah. Funny. Five. The whole opening monologue too. Yeah. Great quotes in the opening monologue. Anyway, sorry. Five <laughs> fun facts. Five 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 fun facts. Who yes. was the original choice to play Ray Kinsella? I'll give a hint. He is huge in the 80s, huge in the 90s. Huge, pretty much still now. Hmm. Huh. I do know Kurt Russell was uh, he player. was a he was a baseball player too, and he was yep. up for like Bull Durham and a lot of these movies. But I don't recall him actually being up for this one. But I, that's a guess. Maybe Harrison Ford, or yeah, I don't know. The only actor it, who's been huge that entire time is Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Hanks. One of you just said it. And it's Nick Whitmer. Tom Hanks was considered for the role. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, Harrison Ford? No, it's Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't imagine Tom Hanks hitting fly balls out to left field. (laughs) Like, there's no no way. In fairness, Tom Hanks did get the role uh, five years later in Forrest Gump. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> he was a manager in Field of Dreams. He was Jimmy Dugan. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan, for Christ's sakes. Does that One not count? One of what, his worst performances as an actor. I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, but that is some scenery chewing, like, whoa, uh, uh, performance, I thought. I love, I love I love, him in that role. I love him yeah. in that role. I was in the John reading my contract, ladies, and he just... <laughs> this is great. cracking me up. Uh, five fun facts. So that was number one. Number two... Uh, ben Affleck and Matt Damon were extras in the Fenway Pack scene. Did you know uh, that? I did not know that. Pack. Oh, I guess, though. One sniper rifle, two bullets. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let you try uh-huh. and guess. This, this guy, this guy's got a, uh, 
He's, it's too hard. Jimmy Stewart passed in the role for Burt Lancaster because at first, and then Lancaster also passed at first and said he didn't get it, but a friend convinced him to do the role. And now for like number, he, okay, sorry, go ahead. His last, his last role. Last movie, dude, too. Dude had to croak pretty It was. He that. died, he yeah. died a few months after this was over. Right. Uh, and this one will just, Rankle Bill Schultz's, you know, right to the cockles. Ray, uh, Ray Liotta could not hit well enough left-handed as shoeless Joe Jackson. He had to stay with his dominant right-hand side. Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, excuse me, said this is his biggest regret in all of his acting roles, not learning how to bat left-handed for this film. You know what's weird is he could throw left-handed. That always was like, like you know, you, I'm a big critic of actors doing anything athletic. That was part of my criticism of The Natural. I I think they're like Michael Madsen is like the worst athlete ever to be like just terrible. And rewatching this, I was impressed with his swing one. I know it was from the wrong side of the plate historically, but he threw left-handed and it actually looked like pretty good. I was like, if he can throw left-handed, why can't he bat left-handed? Ricky Henderson was one of those guys who was, who That's caught right. with the opposite hand. Yeah, I guess so. Jason Giambi played, uh, I'm sorry, Tino Martinez, excuse as a Yankee fan, played first base differently than uh, than others. I just like Jim. the idea that we're going to take a uh, illiterate Southern boy who is strapping um, six foot one, 200 pounds back when that was big um, and was left handed. And we're going to cast him with the pineapple face guy from Goodfellas. That's just uh, fantastic. <laughs> I, like to say, Ray, I like to say Ray Liotta fell asleep in a bed of nails face down. Or had a or or had a, uh, had a track meet on his face. Or he were bobbing for French fries. Chantics. <laughs> <Enchantics. laughs> uh, Moonlight Graham was a real person and was the town doctor of Chisholm, Minnesota. They just pulled the name out of a phone book and Yahtzee. That fun fact wasn't so fun for you fellas. So let's yeah. just uh, uh, the one that you said before we recorded. Give that one. That was that blew all of our minds. Right. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't. I, I don't know it either. Abby Hoffman, the girl who played Kinsella's daughter. Whose daughter Karen. is that? In Karen, excuse me. Karen uh, Kinsella, Ray Kinsella's daughter is none other than. Uh, what's his fucking name? Or do we blanked on him? Fuck. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol's daughter. Yes, the same. (laughs) Is it like baseball? Yeah, that's the uh, David Bowie pronunciation. Yes. So that was the sixth fun fact, I thought. Well, there you go. And now it's time for our audience to get in on the fun for Ask a Gutter. Ask a Gutter. You gotta ask a gutter. At Taco Shirt Krillin, speaking of terrible baseball movies, which is better, Rookie of the Year or Angels in the Outfield? I can say without a doubt uh, from my point of view that the answer has to be uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, Oh, actually, you know what? I just, you know what? I thought Rookie of the Year was the rookie. Right? The, no, uh, no. The, Rookie of the Year was the one where his Pitcher's got a big butt. Oh, God, no. Uh, I helpfully didn't see either one of those, but the rookie was okay. The rookie but, was you know great. What? You know, I, 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 having seen both of those, you know what bothered me about Angels in the Outfield is that the they literally, like, <laughs> it was God. God and the Angels were interfering with baseball, and they're like, hey, listen, it's a championship. We have to sit this one out. We're not allowed to decide championships. I'm like, so you're allowed to take a team and take them all the way to the championship and just do all this b- bizarre bullshit and literally cheat your ass off. And then you get to the finals and you're like, yeah, we can't do it now. 
fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, what kind of morality does God have? Or, yeah. Like, there was another deserving team that could have won a World Series that year that didn't get in because they were literally playing against God. And then, and then when the championship comes around, they're like, eh, I'm sitting this one out. Stupid. That's Give like it to Barry, the rookie of the year. That's like Barry Bonds stopping to do stopping steroids in the middle of his home run uh, chase <laughs> and then not taking steroids for the World Series run. Yeah, exactly. It stops him in the playoffs. He's like, listen, I got to be fair. Okay. Like regular <laughs> season, I, I'll juice, but not in the playoffs. Yeah. I, come on. I have a code here. I've never seen Angels in the outfield because I don't give a shit. Rookie of the year was terrible. Here's one that does not go on many people's radars and shame on you because I, I think it's amazing. Is Little Big League. Little Big League is goddamn oh, great. Haven't seen don't, it. Don't know it. Describe We're, it in uh, 10 words or less. Uh, a kid uh, inherits the Minnesota Twins from his grandfather and manages them. Nice description. All right. And 10 10 10 words or so. All right. Not bad. Next question is from at Bango 2331. The whole world's collide thing aside, we the fifth in the GTSC mashup. What? What the fuck is wrong with you, Matt Welch? And why do you hate everything beautiful in this world? There's this kind of uh, softy element of our Midwestern friends. Um, Schultz among them. Uh, yes. They get all kind of weak, kneed and teary eyed at this treacle, um, especially if it has anything to do with like Illinois or Iowa or this kind of stuff. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm I'm seeing the world as it as it comes up to me. And and I don't mean to tell you how you should feel about a movie, but I am going to point out a couple of reasons why how you feel about the movie is totally fucking wrong. Somewhere, somehow, Bill Schultz wearing his Wilson Alvarez jersey just snapped the pencil in anger. <laughs> <laughs> by which you mean his leg. Oh, <laughs> the jokes just keep on coming. At Zyphos, question for the Field of Dreams gutter. What do you think is the biggest driving force of the issue? Dr- daddy issues or nostalgia for a time there wasn't any daddy issues? Oh, um, I mean, I don't want to steal the uh, the eventual uh, argument a bit. I, I think it's uh, it's like generational daddy issues it's the Mm -hmm. uh it's the um kind of narcissistic but good-hearted feeling among uh the 60s uh people that hey maybe they kind of uh self-alienated from their parents too much and were a little bit too hard on them and they want to kind of get back but they want to do it in such a way like all baby boomers always do that preserves their kind of narcissistic glory and and like preserves their argument that they were right all along even though what kevin costner is right about besides shampoo choice uh in this movie is very <laughs> difficult to discern i'll assume he's a pert man by your uh finely trained eye yeah no i i think he was actually getting into the nexus stuff i think he Whoa. was going pro what a stud yeah yeah man uh next question at something something cast stst cast the guys who do our artwork Matt, picture Field of Dreams slash Children of the Corn horror movie mashup. <laughs> uh, they had moments they could have done that. Like, yeah. right? Like at, at the beginning, it's a bit creepy. Corn is just creepy by, by, by nature, as we all know. Um, and uh, and I, I feel like it's a, a road not taken in this movie to kind of like have, first of all, Kevin Costner legit worried that he's losing his brain. He doesn't seem to be too haunted by this as a possibility when it seems really the likeliest explanation for for a good portion there. And like he gets he gets the shoeless Joe to show up a little bit early in this thing, if we're being that, honest. That uh, goes back to that uh, baby booner delusion. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, uh, yeah, that's great. If you build it, he will come and they build a 
and then all of a sudden a ghoul comes out of the fucking yeah. and starts killing like, his family. He's like, who oh, says no, you meant that? Who says the person's going to be any good? Yeah. Like, uh, Chick Gandal wasn't exactly the kind of person you want to see again. Or and it could have been Ty up. Cobb and he could have murdered everybody then yeah. too. Or you could have had Slimer from Ghostbusters or Michael Myers pop out. You never know what Pandora's box comes out of the cornfield. Like I, like exactly. I think, like I agree with you there, Matt. Uh, next question. At Nemorovsky for Field of Dreams, would the Shyamalan twist? Are we going to make M Night Shyamalan a an adjective? Yes. Twist of Costner's character actually being a schizophrenic who abducted James Earl Jones's character, <laughs> dragged him to Iowa, and buried him in the cornfield. Hurt or improve the movie? I mean, the question <laughs> answers itself. People, <laughs> holy cow! Now we're talking, like. James Earl Jones pretending to go along. Oh, sure. I'll go see Moonlight Graham in Chisholm, Minnesota. And like going, and then the first chance that he gets, like he just runs, fleeing, screaming. Uh, so many great possibilities there that uh, untaken. I think we'd have to do it like in a fight club manner where like <laughs> you watch it and then they then they show you all the scenes you saw before from the actual perspective. And it's like James Earl Jones terrified in a room, <laughs> you know, like he wouldn't have willingly gone along. And then he ended up dead in the field. And then, like the seven, the seven-year-old's point of view, like my daddy is gone crazy, so crazy that he's, by the way, traveling around the country on his own dime, calling home and not even talking to a seven-year-old. I got a seven-year-old daughter. I would, I'd hey, get her on the phone. I'd say, hey, honey, um, you know, maybe as part of the phone call while the bankers are at the kitchen table, including the wife's brother, uh, saying that you got to foreclose because your husband's gone crazy. Um, so yeah, horror story from the perspective wouldn't of a seven year old who almost gets murdered at the end of the movie after. Wouldn't that wouldn't have that been so make sorry, go ahead, go ahead, no, no, go I was going to say, wouldn't that make Timothy Busfield actually the hero of the movie? Yeah. I mean, that's the argument. Um, yeah. but, uh, you can't have a ginger as a hero. So that kind of- <laughs> ain't that the truth. Hey, haven't look, you seen Band of Brothers? Come on. <laughs> look, Dave he had his, he had his moments in in uh, in Revenge of the Nerds playing the violin and then blowing his load prematurely on the couch. The nerds had a party. But now enough's enough. Oh, yeah. He was also he was also the first baseman in Little Big League. I forgot. Holy shit. That's oh, wow. A, that's a that's another that a fact. Like, that's a fact. He was oh, my first. God. Yeah, right? Everything's all Kevin Bacony and shit. Now, how funny would that have been if uh, James Earl Jones does escape, Kevin Costner chases him down, <laughs> buries him in the cornfield, pats the dirt down and go, no, I am your father. And then just drops the shovel <laughs> and walks away. Yes! This is what we need. <laughs> it would make perfect sense because he read all of his books and he, like, killed him, you know, like a deranged fam, like, you know, like misery, the right? guy who killed, or I was going to say the guy who killed Lennon, but yeah, misery, that's a perfect example. Uh, at RGSR Watch on Field of Dreams, what a waste of time. There is no need to comment. Comment. It was great entertainment, simple as that. Well, if there's no need to comment, why did you? Good, good point. I hate to get all meta with you fellas so early in the <laughs> evening, but shit, here we are. All right, Nick Whitmer, let's let Matt come out and do something silly, like having Reggie Jackson in an Angels uniform try and come out and kill the Queen in Naked Gun silly. <laughs> and let's, Nick, welcome Matt to Guts the Sacred, sacred cow. cow. You got it after that first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that's, your honor, your honor. That's a fantastic uh, setup, and thank you very uh, much for it. I uh, know, look, I get it, including the last uh, uh, emailer or tweeter or whatever the hell. Um, uh, people who enjoy the movie will tell you that, yeah, sure, it's nostalgic and it's corny. That's part of its charm. But what I'm here to tell you 
is that not all nostalgia is made equal. The nostalgia in this movie is particularly uh, insidious and it's incredibly brazenly, openly cynical. It is saying, I am nostalgia-ing all over your face and taking your money. And that's actually the moral of the movie. And then meanwhile, it's sort of aggrandizing all the worst things about uh, baby boomers as we go along. So um, <laughs> what is like, you know, nostalgia? What, 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 do we, what is the purpose, is the function of nostalgia besides like telling us a nice story about our childhood? Generally speaking, it's to vault backwards uh, over some unpleasant recent past that you kind of want to stop talking about, right? Um, so uh, in this particular case, as we mentioned before, what do you get hit over and over and over in the, on your head? Is it's That's the 60s. We come from the 60s. We majored uh, in the 60s. So we want to um, go backwards kind of over the unpleasant breaking the fissures of the of the 60s right he reads the the 60s guy who actually you know he invented make love not war the novelist does james Earl jones um and that's what led to the breaking uh he uh, had with his father which is the root kind of uh, um wound in this thing that needs to be healed um so we if we vault back over the, the 60s we can get to a more simple time in the words of james earl jones in one of his two big sort of uh, scenery chewing speeches. Uh, this field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and that could be again, right? So this is not just like your childhood was nice and I get it. It's like it was better before. Here's the thing with nostalgia, generally speaking, and definitely with almost every single major sport that you can think of, it wasn't better before for lots of reasons. What is in the 60s that we're vaulting over? Yeah, sure. It's the Vietnam War. We see a little montage at the beginning. Um, you know, they maybe smoke pot a little bit and that kind of stuff. But what was in the 60s that was so contentious? Dude, it was race. It was race. The Black Panthers were in Berkeley when this dude was majoring in the 60s, which, by the way, <laughs> was in the 70s because he was born in 1952. All right. So like that's what was happening and going down in Berkeley at the time and the women's liberation movement and stuff like that. But it's race, race, race. Right. There's, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali is getting his titles stripped from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is changing his name. They're having all the, you know, the, the Mexico City uh, Olympics. Uh, people are doing like it's really uncomfortable <laughs> civil rights act martin luther king gets assassinated all the cities go up in flames and baseball games among other places are canceled all over the all over the country so it's all this unpleasantness and so we've all backwards and we get these you know bucolic people emanating from the cornfields who are these people well first of all they're all white um the 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 sort of framing of of uh, build it and he will come. We we're made to think at the beginning of the movie that the he, understandably so, is shoeless Joe Jackson, right? A guy, one of the greatest hitters in the early days of baseball, who was banned uh, permanently for life because um, uh, he was part of the uh, Black Sox scandal of gambling on the World Series, trying to fix the World Series of 1919. There's a little bit of of kind of an open historical question uh, that maybe Shoeless Joe was um, too ignorant to really understand what he was doing. He was hoodwinked by the first baseman, who again is in there, Chick Gandel, who's an awful human being in every way, who like uh, like strong armed a lot of people. Joe Jackson, I think, got like 10 or 12 hits in that World Series, which is a record that stood for 40 years. So he didn't play badly in the World Series. Um, so uh, but the idea is like, uh, you know, if you do this thing, then these guys who've been in this sort of limbo, um, and unable just to play this boyhood game back when things were once really nice and wonderful are going to come back out and it's going to be great again. And here they are playing this, this humble, beautiful little game. Well, 
let's think to ourselves, like, who are the people who might be out there in limbo thinking, you know, I didn't really get my chance. It's not just your, your Moonlight Graham who, you know, became a doctor afterwards or had a life circumstance. It's, oh, I don't know, all the Negro Leagues players who couldn't fucking play in the game because they were barred because of racism. Um, and I'm not the guy, really not the guy who like leads with racism in all these things, but it's part of the history of America and baseball that is so huge. And the thing that sticks in my cron, I'd, fr- I'd never noticed this the first time. I noticed this two days ago when I, when I watched this, right? More players come out. And again, this is the Chicago Black Sox. Some of them are guilty. <laughs> They're guilty mm-hmm. of throwing baseball. It wasn't like a time when all things were all right and good. It was a time when they got paid like crap and they gambled and cheated on the World Series and got banned from life. But one of the players who comes in um, just to play because he's been missing the game is Mel Ott. Okay. Don't have to be a super big baseball nerd to know who Mel Ott is. Dude played for 22 seasons. He wasn't like sitting on the sidelines like, gosh, I can't play. He played from 1926 to 1947. He managed a half a dozen years. He went in the Hall of Fame. He played forever. He played when he was 17 years old. When he hey, retired, home runs. Yeah, th- there were two uh, black players uh, in the major leagues when he retired. Uh, it was Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby. That's it. Um, so, like the idea that that uh, doing all these sort of uh, uh, chasing these voices in your head and and doing what they say is going to lead to people finally being able to play. Um, we're just going to vault over the issue race, which is huge in the sixties. And then also baseball's particular issue, um, which is that it was super racist against all of these people. Um, the writer and director has said that this is his biggest regret. So I give him credit for identifying that, but this is the problem with the nostalgia machine and the way that we get there, um, uh, later on in the movie of how it gets used cynically, um, in my view is think about how the movie ends, right? It's a trail of cars. It's a trail of cars coming from all. It starts with, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Costner playing uh, catch with his dad. And, and to be clear, he's not playing catch. So he, the, the, the schism happens because his dad was old. He was 50 or something when he was born. And then, um, and then he felt like his dad sold out and didn't chase his, his baseball dreams. And so he's got to have this rapprochement with his dad. His dad shows up at the end, spoiler alert. Um, and he goes to have a catch, whatever the hell that means. And it's not his dad is a 50 year old man. It's his dad is a young dude who, by the way, throws like a girl, <laughs> does not throw <laughs> like a baseball player. But that's set that aside. Like you would think that if it's an actual like I forgive my dad, will he please forgive me? You play catch with the MF who absolutely sacrificed for you and you appreciate that instead of like looking down on him through your 60s mindset. But no, he's playing catch with his younger self of a dad. But so there's a uh, it starts with them doing that. And then the, the, the shot goes out and it's a line of cars who've gone up. And we have just heard the long speech, James Earl Jones saying people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say it's only $20 per person. We are going to sell you bullshit nostalgia warmed over 
BS nostalgia that posits the sort of origin, beautiful pastoral history of baseball as being about cornfields when the game was basically invented in Brooklyn and Philadelphia. It's a city game that had some country boys who played. Um, and we're going to repackage it to you, knowing that you're going to pay the money and say, thank you for making me feel good about having a catch with my dad and, and like uh, forgiving me for whatever bad things that I've done in my past. No, you are eating nostalgia for a time that didn't exist. And when it did exist, it was pretty bad for a bunch of people who we really should have wanted to emanate and come out of the cornfields instead of a bunch of goddamn crooks. Oh, <laughs> that was a salvo of a fireworks display. And then pow, guess what? Curtains. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and that, is that all? I mean, if, first of all, okay. So uh, uh, Kevin Costner, have you seen a more convincing farmer? Uh, like uh, uh, these guys dressed like Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, <laughs> like the, the, the shirt is tucked into the jeans that it do- don't have a single dirt smudge. Um, uh, he's out there very That's unconvincingly. Great point. That is a great oh. point. Not your anxiety. I missed that. Not a speck of dust anywhere. No sweat stains. No dirty ass hat to wear. You know, keep your you know covered from the sun. It's just that luxurious line mane of hair that disappeared he, in the bodyguard and, and therefore every fast afterward. And he's beautiful, and it's beautiful, and the settings are beautiful. And um, I don't you know want to play. I know about farming card because I don't, but. Two acres does not a farm, you know, financial future hinge on. You plowed a little field in a gigantic amount of cornfield. That's not going to be the thing that makes it done. Uh, and his long-suffering hippie wife, who's very cheerful, um, think about this moment. It's a very weirdly underplay. We were talking earlier about how, like, uh, you know, he doesn't wrestle too much with the visions that he is seeing. Um doesn't necessarily have any kind of religious background, probably is kind of anti-religious and suddenly he's hearing voices and visions and he's cool with it. Um, so what happens? What happens when Shoeless Joe Jackson slash Ray Liotta shows up, right? Like it's kind of a big deal. Dead guy shows up as he looked like in life of many decades before his wife sees it. What does she say in this moment? I'll, I'll, go, make, I'll go make some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, you might, I don't know. You might talk about it a little bit like, hey, maybe the time space continuum just got kind of freaky. Maybe our <laughs> thoughts about life and death are totally different than before. I mean, there's there's a reason why, like, you know, the Pope and a bunch of other people have over the years have gotten together to, like, figure out what happens when the aliens come, because people are going to be pretty freaked out. Oh, what happens when the 1919 White Sox show up through the cornfield? It's kind of going to be heavy. Uh, so like maybe dwell on it for, no, it's just like, oh, that's nice. You know, I'll, I'll help you uh, with your bleachers, uh, there. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's not a convincing farmer. Um, he doesn't ever, um, uh, I mean, why is he farming in, in Iowa? He's like 36 years old, kind of aimless, obviously doesn't really want to be there, uh, wants to think that he's chasing a dream and keeping it real somehow, but in (laughs) what possible sense, skipping out on his family, not really doing anything. So it's Kevin Costner and it's baseball and it's a nice setting. So you forgive him for all of it. But if you think for a half a second about his journey here and what the hell he's doing um, and it's not ever forgiving people on their own terms or even th- respecting what they did on their own terms. It's like, hey, why didn't you live this life that that uh, we wanted to have as uh, hippies in the 60s and and then somehow being redeemed in this kind of a hole ish uh, and very narcissistic sentiment? Wow. All right. Anything else? I don't want to make sure you have as much time as you want to. Okay. Um, no, we're good. 
Okay. Give me a number one to ten on your thoughts and Field of Dreams. So three. Um, Ooh, and, that's a lot of hatred. Uh, well, it's listen. I was once uh, in a bar in uh, unfortunate circumstances uh, twenty nine thirty years ago um, in a foreign country, and I was with a longtime friend, childhood friend, and we were trying to figure out the uh, the question of. When did it all go wrong? You know, this, fair enough. You, had, you have to have a discussion, uh, uh, content, uh, sort of uh, reason to talk. And um, and we thought about it for a long time, and we decided it was a field of dreams. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We're, we're like the American like culture and domination went wrong. It was field of dreams? It. It. Uh, no, I mean, think about um uh baseball being repackaged basically ever since then what was the first baseball stadium that was built after that well, it was camden yards hey we're putting hey, i love camden that's a yards. beautiful park I've i love it several times absolutely love camden yards don't get me wrong but it became and you have this you know the, the james earl jones speech uh piped in at every baseball game this nostalgia which is this gauzy look at the past that was never as good as you can imagine it to be, it was is positive as the thing that makes baseball great. I argue that the thing that makes baseball just as great is Bo Belinsky um, just being drunk out of his face, uh, throwing no hitters, uh, dating maybe Van Doren, doing unspeakable things with guns and supermodels. Um, it is it's the rogues. It's uh, um, it's the people who aren't, you know, um, uh, you know, special gifted uh, uh, children of the corn. Um, but it's the messy history of baseball. That's more nice or more interesting because it's real uh, and you can sink your teeth into it. It's also, um, you know, in the last 30 years, baseball has gotten so much better because we have great Japanese players. Shohei Otani for my team, pretty good guy to have around, right? Um, you have this influx from uh, the Caribbean, which has been fantastic. It's made the game more interesting. Almost everybody that you can think of who's like, I really like to watch this person. There's a couple of exceptions. They tend to be immigrants. They're bringing new flavors into the game that haven't been there before. And this does, has nothing to do with children of the corn nostalgia and yet this has been the dominant kind of flavor of baseball and in the name of doing that i love camden yards again uh, as, as i said and i like a lot of the parks that have been built almost all of those parks have been built with these visions of bringing back a pastoral america at fantastic taxpayer expense um <laughs> uh uh and to a just a, an appalling degree kind of selling this vision that everyone in their heart knows is BS that they're like eating their own packaged nostalgic uh, BS. So it is, it is a root of that. And like people looking, especially at the end of that movie, which is rubbing your nose in it. It's like this thing that you just did. We took your money. You're one of the people in the cars lining up high five. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks for making us rich. We're movie stars and producers. Um, you fell for it. And not only that, you're going to like make sure your kids fall for it too. Um, I, I prefer the bad news bears vision of, of baseball, which is its actual ugly, glorious self warts and all. Um, uh, so yeah, it's part of this, this packaging of, uh, of, uh, of America and America's pastime and all this kind of stuff that it's so much less interesting and, uh, and it's kind of oppressive when you're actually um, uh, inside the sport trying to enjoy it. Three out of 10. That's bold. <laughs> Have you wrote a, written a five-star rating, two or three sentence review on this lovely podcast? Why the hell not? Go right now and go to your podcast platform of choice and write us a five or five rating, five-star rating and a two or three sentence review. Pretty, pretty please with sugar on top. 
And of course, gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com to say hello or to advertise with us. And of course, gutting the sacred cow.com to get some sweet ass merch. Get it, gutting the sacred cow tank top. Tis the season. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Notes. I'm having a difficult time believing a guy from the city, a city guy in his late 30s, is going to take up farming without doing a stint in rehab first. <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm hmm. Right? Why is he there? Amy Adigan, Amy Madigan, excuse me, irks me. I don't know why. Maybe it's that her, her thicker than deep dish Chicago pizza accent. Not a fan of hers. <laughs> she also annoys me in Uncle Buck, another great film. So a bunch of neighbors tailgate to watch Ray mow his, mow his crops down. Really not that much going on in Iowa, is there, folks? Unless, <laughs> unless you count taking photos of garbage people at Walmart. What wife is going to co-sign on cutting down a ton of crops unless she has a lucrative OnlyFans account? <laughs> and please note that they don't do anything with the field. They make it, they get it, they, they chalk it, they get it all prepped, and then they look at it. Right. For a season or two or three, because yeah. winter goes by. The music by James Horner is very powerful and perfectly utilized. Yeah. Not this film you want to, but that music is, is fantastic. Can you imagine if the ghost of Ty Cobb did come back? He'd be canceled and suspended after his first <laughs> at bat. Is it the beating the cripple up in the stands? Is no, I, 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 I think it'd be more using the N-word profusely. Yeah. yeah. If you walk into the cornfields of Iowa now, do you trip over a tweaker in a tattered Willie Nelson shirt with a chain wallet and get her done tattooed on his shoulder? <laughs> I didn't want to do the basic redneck stereotypes. I decided to dig a little bit deeper because we punch above in this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes down. I can only imagine the nonsense you do here in these hillbilly city PTA meetings. Funny, though, how we're back to those times banning books and thoughts and all, huh? Uh. Some people have financial discussions like, should I go with the cloth or the leather interior in a new car? Or should I winter in St. Bart's or the Caymans? But the Kinsellas decide if they should drive cross-crunchy with a hermit rider to take them to a ball game. Okay. 
For a smart man, I think you can lead Terrence Mann anywhere you want to by jingling car keys like a dog to get him to go anywhere. <laughs> especially when especially when saying you have a fake gun in your pocket. After that whole discussion about him deciding to drive to Boston, Andy decides to bury the goddamn lead and announce, I had the same dream too. Bitch, we could have settled 15 <laughs> minutes ago that this was an appropriate course of action to take instead of all this back and forth of your bullshit and crazy. But that's Women. not good movies. There's no drama in I that, know. dude. <laughs> but Sorry, also, I'm efficient. If he, also, came up, if he came up there and was like, I want to do this. She's like, I had a dream you did it. And then they left. You'd be like, what a lame movie. All they had to do is he starts telling about that. And she finishes a sentence and look at each other's eyes and go, <laughs> go. <laughs> he was kind of a dick at the, uh, after the PTA meeting, like let, let, let the gal have a victory lap. Call right. someone a Nazi cow. Right. She did so good in that PTA meeting. Did you see the name of the restaurant behind the guy telling Kinsella that his friend would have given him the address? Did you guys catch that? The no. name of the, the name of the store, Jaime's. Jaime's, a Jewish old time slur. And it was a Jewish meat store. You would not see a a fried chicken joint with the N-word in the title of the store, would you? How do you slide that one by? Nice try. I caught you. They weren't even in Jaime Town. That's crazy. How does a gas station attendant know where Terrence Mann lives? You don't leave an address when filling up your tank with regular or getting smokes. Last I checked. He's the only black guy who lives in Boston. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Besides, at the time, Mo Vaughn was he? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or Oil Can Boyd. Oh, I'll go all day with these references. Couldn't Rave Kinsella looked up Terrence Mann, the goddamn phone book, or called 411? You see, kids, a phone book was a big book with people's businesses, addresses, and home addresses, as well as phone numbers in them. You got them once a year for free. Sometimes people were unlisted now. Come on. Kevin Costner and keeping score at a ball game reminded me when I used to keep score as a kid at a ball game. As an adult, what a colossal waste of time this is. The only adults who do that now are ones who wear headphones to the game to listen to the radio broadcast and also probably have a mild form of autism. Looking at you, Steve Bartman. (laughs) (laughs) My my brain created an image of him as he was uh, uh, saying that. And also, he's keeping score at the game and then like doodling. Halfway through the game, third of the way through the game, he's like, oh, forget it. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Like, are you in it or are you not in? Like, choose land. I did appreciate their 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 attention to detail. If you looked, and I paused it, if you look at the the lineup for Boston, it was all Wade Boggs, Mike Greenwell, and a few other names who were on the team in, in uh, 88 when they filmed that, I assume. Which, I had, yeah, of course it was. Came out in 89. Uh, Doc Graham's whole soliloquy about getting his wish is one of the best metaphors for baseball of all time. I thoroughly enjoyed that 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 whole moment. yeah. What the hell did Ray Kinsella and Terrence Mann talk about for twenty to thirty hours while driving <laughs> in that car? <laughs> Call me an efficient fucker, which I am. I would get all the pertinent information I need by that last exit of the Pennsylvania Turnpike and would stop talking as soon as I finished that last piece of fried chicken from Roy Rogers' rest stop. I mean, you remember during the montage of building and plowing the fields to create the uh, baseball uh, diamond, um, he's boring the hell out of the females in his family about the history of Shoeless Joe Jackson and the various players on the teens White Sox. Right. And this is in 1989. Um, so if you assume that he's just a crazy person rattling off a baseball esoterica, I think that's where the sweet spot was. I think Karen seemed to very enjoy that very much. 
<laughs> fake enthusiasm or real enthusiasm? You decide. It's, she doesn't. She's not old enough to be cynical. She's just. She's all. She's all in. She That's loves true. it. I mean, those guys, we can always tell our wives. Well, actually, my wife is, is in the sports, you know, pretty well. But listen, honey, you don't realize it was fourth and 10, and then Eli rolls out of the sack, turns around. <laughs> he could have looked left. There's Plaxico Burris wide open. But no, he throws it in the middle of the field. David Tyree makes a helmet catch. And that, by the way, it's not the score that everyone goes, oh, that was the game. No, he had to get two more fourth downs, and then they score the touchdown. See, women, like they tune out by that, by the part. But, you know, guys, we could, we could recite that like it was yesterday. I love oh. Ray Liotta laughing while telling the Ty Cobb story. That's that Henry Hill laugh I can listen to any <laughs> goddamn time. Karen, yeah. you just flushed $40,000 of cocaine down the toilet. His laugh is almost a non sequitur. Like it, he, he says something and then you don't think he's going to laugh. And then that laugh comes. It's almost like, where did that come from, dude? Right. Yeah. Like any complaint that he's absolutely miscast, which he is, uh, as Joe Jackson, like it melts away in the face of, I'm watching Ray Liotta like right. it is prime. I'm, I'm well, it's also that. he's actually a good. He's actually athletic. Like he played sports in high school and stuff. To me, it would be a bigger sin if he's if they casted someone who looked just like him and he sucked at sports. Yeah. You know like, what I mean, like Michael Sarah, if they were to reboot it now. Right. Right. <laughs> and that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or uh, or McLovin. The uh, God damn it. Do I hate people? doing the wave over the age of 15. You don't need props. You don't need to do the wave at a ball game. And while we're at it, stop making jersey with your name on the back of them. You're a child. You don't play for that team. Stop it. Dude, I suck. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I just, I would add uh, uh, bringing your glove to a a game Uh as an adult. Mm -hmm. Catch it with a beer cup, dude. <laughs> Unless you're sitting in a high line drive foul territory where there is no netting, then I will co-sign on that. Otherwise, the James Earl Jones one constant in life is baseball monologue. I, I always smile when I re- hear that. I yeah. always do. Yeah, I, I, I I thoroughly enjoy it. Why does one adult wrestle another while holding a kid atop of the bleachers and then oopsie daisy dropper? Like how does that happen? Would you decide to like step down and then maybe have a little tussle over the kid if you still? Don't have your wits about you, but that always made me and, question that. And they get over it real super quick. So right. Moonlight Graham comes over to fix her. her. She's turning blue. She's just fallen 20 feet or 15 feet on, and she's probably bonked her head. And he discovers that she's choking on a hot dog, none of which makes sense at all. And then like, oh, now suddenly the brother can see the players. And it's like, oh, stop what you're doing with the loan. And I believe everything and let's change and, and fix it. And everyone's good with each other. It's like, my brother-in-law just knocked over my seven-year-old to her possible death it's going to take me a, a bit more of a moment while trying to foreclose my farm i think and, uh, andy yeah andy was a dick the whole time so it's yeah. like it's, yeah yeah that was the one of the parts that i was like and then also she's like i'm gonna go call she said something weird she goes i'm gonna go call the emergency or something she didn't say 911 she said something weird um and I, I was like, maybe that's just a thing that was in 1989 that I didn't realize. Yeah. But she's going away, and then Kevin Costner's only like, no, no, no don't we got go. it, we got it, yeah. Like, Medical wouldn't you be like, wouldn't you just be like, all right, you go do that, and hopefully this guy can fix her. But if he can't, like, she's at least calling somebody. You know what I mean? And- it's okay. It's okay. Magic dude from Corn is going to cross the field and become an old doctor. <laughs> And find the hot dog in her throat, which yeah makes a lot of sense. That makes sense to me. She had a bite of it. She got thrown off. She hit her back. It went down her throat. That makes 
No, no, no. Here's here's where this doesn't make sense. Last time I checked, which was 35 minutes ago, when people are choking, they are flailing their arms wildly (laughs) and they don't pass out in 0.74 seconds. They're gasping for air, making a whole scene or or showing the international signs for choking, i.e. wearing a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. You know, the usual stuff. (laughs) Trains never late. Uh, I always well up when he wants to have a catch with his dad. And if you don't, it's because your dad beat you with a white hot wire hanger and then molested <laughs> your sister on Christmas morning. How uh, I would, I would shout out to uh, Costner's throwing form though. He's a, a good, he's a legit ball player. Great. He's yeah. a legit ball legit. player. Yeah. Um, how pissed off would those people be who are lining up to go to the field at the last shot you see, and then they would get there and go, oh, sorry, folks, park closed. Mushaw Front should have told you so. Where all the baseball players went back in the cornfield. It's true. And it's unclear whether they're going to see him, them, right? Like, right. a whole bunches of people don't see the dead right. guys uh, on the field. That's like so. going that's like going to Great Adventure and finding out Kingdom Ka and Nitro are closed while just pulling up. And by the way, how the fuck did all those folks know that the ball players for came out from the corn were there? No one was like, I'm gonna go tell the town. The brother in law left. Do you think he went on just, you know, sent out a, 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 a telegram in that horrible hillbilly town? No. They don't what did he do? Have a town crier read it? Did he go to the back to the old PTA meeting and tell everybody, including that Nazi cow, hey, Guess what? Shoeless Joe and his chums are having an old uh, throw-around session. I saw this film on VHS when it first came out. I liked it a lot. And I value it even more as an adult, especially the dad narrative. I got a kick out of that. I know it. Listen, all your points are salient. I get them. I, I acknowledge them. I agree with a lot of them. This is an adult fairy tale. But this is the best adult fairy tale for sports, period, bar none. This is not a true baseball movie like Major League or Bull Durham. I think Bull Durham's overrated. I can't stand Ron Shelton, but Major League, I'll say. Yes, this is very sugar-fied. I completely, I completely acquiesce to all those points. It still hits the keynotes for me. I still love it. Easily passes the remote test for me, Matt Welch. Matt, the remote test, of course, if you're ever flipping around on cable, wherever you catch it at any junction of the film, you drop the remote and go, yep, I know what I'm doing for the next half hour, hour, whatever. I absolutely still love this film. Um... Funny for you to come down and, and cast aspersions. Your baseball team, sir, your baseball team invented, <laughs> actually brought into America, Thunder Six and the Rally Monkey. So you have no business shitting on an American classic like that when your team brings two shitty props to ball game watching. This film is fantastic. I will do, drop my score half a point to a seven and a half out of ten because you have made some fantastic arguments. Seven and a half out of ten. Fuck the Rally Sticks and, uh, sorry, the Thunder Six and fuck the Rally Monkey. Nick Whitmer, the floor is yours. Oh, right. So, Matt, the greatest point you made was the one about the Negro Leagues. And if there's anybody who deserves uh, the second chance of that, you know, going to play ball again, it's those guys who literally like were not allowed to to, to have their dreams come true. Excellent um, point. I have no argument against that whatsoever. And there's not really nothing I can say. And, you know, and it's funny that like it never even occurred to me as watching this movie. And I think like not to throw the buzzword around that probably makes everybody nauseated now. But there is some weird white privilege there where like nostalgia is for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, it's very cynical to be like they're just selling nostalgic bullshit for 20 bucks a pop because it's ghosts playing baseball yeah. what you wouldn't play 20 dollars to watch ghosts play baseball like Maybe to me 30. like that's like 
fucking amazing if you could go watch Shoeless Joe Jackson play for $20. People um, are paying to see a Tupac Shakur hologram. Why the fuck not <laughs> Ghost playing baseball? There's exactly. been inflation right. since then, right? Let's be yeah. honest. And again, it's unclear whether they're going to see them, right? Well, so maybe the, it's a dice I think the, the monologue from Terrence Mann is basically that People are going to come. They don't know why they're coming, but they're going to come and they're going to enjoy it. So I think that's kind of alluding to they're going to they're going to be able to see it. I, I know it's not 100 percent clear, so I understand what you mean by that. Um, and also nostalgia is just a human weird thing that we do. Like I was the I was literally in Chelsea the other day and I used to wait tables at a restaurant in Chelsea and I was in Chelsea and I was getting coffee from this coffee shop I used to get and I was feeling nostalgic. I was like, I used to come here every morning when I worked at this place. And then I thought about it, I was like, I fucking hated that job. Why am <laughs> I nostalgic about it? It's just this weird human thing that we do. So I, I get I get the uh hating on it because i often think that like off all the the remakes that we keep seeing over and over again like the lack of originality and a lot of things is just like people taking advantage of nostalgia but i don't i think that that's a little bit too cynical for this movie because i think this movie has a lot of heart and i think like the 1980s are a perfect example of like when the America got fast. Like the world started moving so much faster, like the eighties and wall street and things like that. And it really like, was like, let's, let's time out for a second. Let's like think of a more simpler time now. And I get your point about, you know, that's definitely something that only a, a white person could probably do because you know, the sixties were hard. Uh, I also think that like, I don't know. Is it that, that big of a deal that Kevin Cosner is not a convincing farmer? And also, is he supposed to be a convincing farmer? Like, I don't think it's ever clear that he's like he has a green thumb. I think he's always considered like an outsider who kind of sucks at farming and is kind of the laughing stock of the town before he even plows over his field. And to me, liked, I'm glad like that he to... can throw a baseball. I'd rather have him be yeah. a shitty farmer and a great baseball player than the other way around. It's it's less a, a, a complaint about uh, uh somehow the movie but it's like the the authentic character is in some ways uh kind of repulsive i would have liked him to have uh any uh like propulsive reason for being alive that's I think <laughs> it that's was kind of point, unclear what that was but that's the point of it and in my opinion because he was literally like i'm gonna i'm like my dad right now i've never taken a chance like he graduated from college his wife uh was from iowa so they moved to her hometown and i and i think if i remember correctly the farm was kind of like i think it's a family farm it's a family farm so like, like he's just kind of living somebody else's life and he never and he was like so resentful of his father for doing that um and then, you know, he just he just when he's hearing voices, that's another good point is like he never was like, am I what's going on? <laughs> and and also, like <laughs> in that position, maybe it's time to have a little bit of putting on your big boy pants at the end. And he doesn't have to because the magic fairy story came true. Right. Right. Uh, like right, he didn't right. have to like say, OK, I'm going to like stop being an asshole to my dad retros- retroactively um, and also respect the choices that he made and respect my responsibilities here. None of that has to happen because the magical realism happens instead, which is fine. But like it doesn't make him any more attractive. Right. Right. And so to me, the movie, uh, I, I would say the argument about the Negro Leagues is is will definitely deduct probably a half a point from my score as well. So I would probably say, I think Kevin, I think you kind of hit the nail and you said eight to a seven and a half, right? Yeah, I did. I think that, I think for me, that kind of is it. Cause there's a few other things about it that 
like as a movie, like the script and the the logic and everything, it's pretty sound. But there were a few things uh, we talked about it earlier. Um, the what was the scene with the oh the wife not just completely not being on board? Like that's one of the more believable parts. Like if you were like, hey, honey, I'm gonna quit my job and make a baseball field or whatever like there's no way your wife would be like great like there's no like that's grab so a hammer yeah <laughs> yeah i'll help you like there's no way and then like in the face of their farm getting um uh Reboot. you know about to be taken away like it it didn't ever feel like that urgency was real because they didn't really wear it. Like Kevin Cosner never had like the desperation of someone who's really about, you know, so there's a few things, but I think Kevin Cosner is unbelievable in this movie. Uh, I think he's great. I think uh, um, Terrence Mann, uh, uh, James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones is excellent in this movie. Uh, and I think the the baseball is good. I like that Moonlight Graham. Like my problem with the natural was like everything that happened was just so over the top. Like every everybody hit a home run and baseball things exploded every time someone swung a bat. Like Moonlight Graham comes up and is one at bat and he doesn't hit a home run. That would be the movie. He does a sacrifice fly and gets a run in. You know what I mean? Like I liked the baseball in the movie. I really enjoyed uh, the acting. I enjoyed a lot of that stuff. Um I'm not a baseball historian, though, so the stuff about Mel Ott is funny. I didn't realize that he – I just figured he was a Black Sox player who got banned. I didn't realize he played, like, 20 years in the league. Um, so that's all I got, I think. Uh, overall, I still love the movie, but I will deduct it a half point as well. Not bad. By the way, one thing I wrote down I forgot to mention. Do you know his the guy who played his dad, the actor? I was there, so I saw my own two peepers. Uh, signs autographs at Cooperstown during Hall of Fame weekend. Oh yeah! Wow. So How clear. sad is that? Yeah. <laughs> like you're the guy who's uh, like, hey, hey, there's talk I, about a yeah. bullshit nostalgic money grab. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, there's Goose Gossage. I got a photo. Hey, there's Del Strawberry. Got a photo. There's David Justice. Got a photo. I go. There's a guy who had a catch with Kevin Costner. Go. I'm good. <laughs> He's literally in the screen. movie at the end of the movie, and then there's a picture of him in the beginning sequence. Right. That's like it. Right. That's like saying, I want to take a photo with Zed from Pulp Fiction. No need for that. No, thank you. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, boy. Let's see what the guys who couldn't throw a ball had to say about this film. Critics, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. A wonderful, sentimental tribute to father-son relationships everywhere and the lovely game of baseball. A sports classic. Well, this guy, certainly our girl, certainly missed the mark on that one. Father-son relations. It wasn't one. <sighs> Feel the dreams resonated so powerfully with people wishing for a return to traditional, to traditional values, plus confirmation that parallel dimensions, karma, and clairvoyance exist, that the actual movie set field in Iowa became a major tourist attraction and you can rent out the field uh for uh, for a night and i hear the actor who plays his dad is really <laughs> available oh. he's really available he'll, he'll be there for 12 dollars. <laughs> guys he he takes your bags he makes your bed and he feeds you breakfast in the morning <laughs> and shags flies when you hit and when you're at the plate if you think if you like to think of every time at bat as a new hope, if you can kind of taste a poetry along with the hot dogs they serve at the ballpark, if you like to imagine that life is meant to be good and miracles aren't out of the question, go see it. By the way, ballpark hot dogs are nothing short of outlawed mistreatment in the Geneva Convention. And anyone who says otherwise <laughs> is wrong. 
that might be a metaphor for like uh matt's point of like having a hot dog at a ballpark is something that we all think is great but it really actually sucks <laughs> like we still do it we're like eating a hot dog we're like this is what we're supposed to do right it's nostalgic I have a buddy who would go to Yankee games with me and he would go outside at the dirty water dog cart and get three of those and go. And I would say, all right, four top of the fourth inning is when you're going to go in there and just blow up the bathroom. And I was right a lot of the time. Uh, Field of Dreams isn't a home run. It's more of a suicide squeeze. If it hadn't been perfectly executed, it wouldn't have worked. But as they say in baseball, a run is a run. Oh, God. See what I'm talking about? (laughs) It becomes unbearable. (laughs) Right? What critics and their metaphors? It's a nice movie, and the, the, it's nice, and the Kevin Costner and the pretty and the cornfields. Okay, um, and and you know, it's it, it posits baseball as religion, which is an interesting little trick. And this is you know, this is not heaven. It's Iowa uh, uh, twice, um, but like that's never enough for the people who are activated by it. Like it has to be these just glops of caramel sugar nostalgia. A movie for the thorough tear duct cleansing. The only film that makes tears stream down the cheeks of this hardened critic. And it gets me at least twice every time. That critic isn't hardened. That critic is from Chicago. That's that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you bring a knife. They bring a knife. You bring a gun. That's a Chicago way. <laughs> Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. All of this would work better if Robinson built up the reality of the store of the town more, made the citizens a more palpable presence, as Frank Capra did in Hollywood's greatest fable fantasy, It's a Wonderful Life. By the way, that movie fucking stinks, and we did that on this very podcast, so give that a listen. I view baseball as much of a business as a sport and can't imagine getting gushy over such mush. Something tells me this reviewer is a stamp collector. What about you fellas? <laughs> I I can I can appreciate it. Look, it's my I love baseball so much that uh, the uh, the overlove of baseball is unbearable to me. Despite a lovely cameo turned by Burt Lancaster, Field of Dreams is the male weepy at its yeah. wussiest. Ooh, wussy. We still we still use that word back then. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. No, I mean it's a it's a it's a male story. It's a it's about dudes and their dads and they're and they're playing catch. And I get that. Um, and it's it's great. And- I'm sorry, they're having a catch, Matt. Come on. Ah, lawyered. <laughs> the movie may steal a base here and there, but there are no homers. Ah, oh, oh. damn it! You ever notice like this the 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 ads in baseball games, like for the local ads yeah. from the bank, like you won't strike out with <laughs> Citizens Bank. You will hit a grand slam. They can't stop themselves. Do you want to make a shoestring catch of 2.9 APR every year? (laughs) Die. Die and burn in hell. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. This is a truly great movie. This was probably the fourth or fifth time I watched this movie, and I think it had a much greater impact this time, as I I think I really felt the deep meaning and got the true message of the plot. Without giving it away, let me just say, it's 25 years later, right, guys? We can give it away. Yeah, Yeah, if if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, and you're, like, worried about a spoiler, that's... 
that's a little on you. And also yeah. there's probably been so many like references Oops. to this movie that you already probably know how it ends and right. everything. So just to say that it is the best ode to baseball that I know of and not just to the game, but to the magical link that provides baseball that baseball provides, excuse me, between generations and how it's such, it is such became a major part fabric of our country. I'd give it six stars if I could, but you wow. can't. You, you can't, can't. You bitch. <laughs> Stop trying to, you're not in the matrix. You don't make your own rules. You can't bend bullets or spoons. I don't care about baseball or even about as much its history. What I care about is having the kind of respectful, joyful, trusting, loving, sane, and magical relationship that this family has. I want it to. I want it for me and for all of us. Signed, Bob Costas. Uh, sane. Yeah. Sane. Yeah. Okay. You ruined it there, guy. You ruined it there. I hadn't watched this in years, but bought it for inspiration as I was asked to speak at the funeral of a former MLB All-Star. The wow. movie, uh, hold on. The movie for me was even more touching the first time I watched it. As the better reviews will note, this movie is not primarily about baseball, but relationships. But uh, this was not a, uh, 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 written to voice his love for Field of Dreams. This was a humble brag to say he gave the keynote address at a ball player's funeral. Right, right, right. Yeah. But he couldn't say which one it was. He couldn't say, well, you know, I uh, I was the guy who put Roberto Clemente to the ground, and guess got to read the final speech, huh? <laughs> Great movie, cheaper than Walmart. Signed, Elon Musk. <laughs> it was an absolutely wonderful movie. Most of it was filmed in Iowa, the state I grew up. I became even more intrigued with it when reading the credits. In the list of ballplayer extras, I saw the name Jim Doty, who I knew in high school. Now, whether it was the same Jim Doty or not, I have no idea. <laughs> However, I recently purchased another DVD from Amazon to be sent to he and his wife who still live in Iowa. Here's my question. Who is sitting through the credits of Field of Dreams? Did they do a Marvel post-credit scene where Timothy Busfield takes a line drive to the nuts from Tris, <laughs> from Tris Spreaker or something like that? <laughs> I knew I would get you Oh, man. That's, that's funny. Good. Amazon one-star reviews. 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 Stupid premise and actors not believable, except for the little girl. Signed, Andy Warhol. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I threw it in here. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Next one. Ready? Again, this is a one-star review. Never saw... That's how you do it. Wow. Right Man, there. Just brave. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. mic he's gonna mic drop and talk shit on something he's never seen. Mm. <laughs> Kinda like everybody did with COVID on Facebook. <laughs> sad to think that sad to think this is someone's idea of what heaven would be. Well, I think it's better than a heaven filled with eighty virgins as some uh, religions would have, correct guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would suck to die and wake up in Iowa though. <laughs> Even if there was a baseball field, you'd be like, This is it, dude. Iowa. You know, said that Tom Arnold, and he got the fuck out of there. And so did Ashton Kutcher. They both got the fuck out of there. And bang Demi Moore. This movie ruined. Sorry, this movie was supposed to be my brand new moment with my, uh, oh God, I'm reading the wrong thing. Sorry. This movie was supposed to be brand new. Two giant scratches made the movie unusable Mm -hmm. and hence ruined my Mother's Day plans with mom. So that's actually like a product review of a DVD, not of the movie. 
Right. Guys, I'm going to review his Mother's Day plants. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's not getting that's not getting five stars. Mom, I was supposed to just sit here and watch Field of Dreams with you, but the dumb DVD broke. That's not dude. You fucked up, man. That was a bad plan. Guys, this movie listen. about a mom who dies when she's three and is right. not in the picture at all. <laughs> Okay. No, no need for flowers and brunch at Denny's. We're going to do Mother's Son time with Kevin Costner. <laughs> I never ordered this digital item, nor did I view it. I ordered the DVD Field of Dreams or th- thought it that I did. Please give me a credit for $15.89 for this item. Thank you, Gail Warbutton. Is that the God, same? Is that is that Patrick old. Warbutton's sister from Family Guy? <laughs> if so, that royalty check will cover that for you, Gail. Just love old people on the internet. You can tell Gail. Wasn't there a Phyllis earlier? Like, these are definitely women in their 60s. Just so confused by what just happened. I forgot what episode it was, but someone mistakenly left their full name, address, and phone number asking for a <laughs> refund. So we told all of our fans to go, listen, no. call her an email. It was email. That was it. Email her saying, Hal, you're Jeff Bezos, and look for that $5.99 refund in your next credit card statement. See, so that's funny. not nice. That's yeah. not nice. We like to teach dumb people a lesson one at a time. <laughs> This film is dialogue heavy with everyone, quote unquote, thinking out loud, long, slow plotting pace for the storyline and flat acting. Where's the yeah, line? It's, it's not a novel. You're, of course, they think out loud. Every movie is like, what do you what do you want them? Like, what? <laughs> it's like a Charlie Brown cartoon. The bubble comes above their head. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to see Kevin Costner brooding silently? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just love that the future uh, Gabby Hoffman, uh, Andy Warhol child, just births the entire business plan in like a 15 second thing right before almost being killed. Right. Uh, right. Like, just. <laughs> I'm stuck like, in oh, Iowa. I've never thought of that one. Yeah. I'm stuck in Iowa. I can't put my men's thoughts to good use because I'm in the middle of a goddamn baseball cornfield until I turn <laughs> at least 16 and get emancipated. Next one. My son had to watch it for a film class. Too bad it wasn't a good example of expert storytelling. Hey, listen, I went to film classes, many of them. You know what I had to watch? 2001 A Space Odyssey. What an egregious, colossal piece of shit that was. I would have <laughs> much preferred to watch Field of Dreams than that or the likes of. Sorry, guys. At least there wasn't a sequel. That's the last one. I mean, maybe that's one sure. reason why people uh, love it even more, because it's the last movie to not have a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, The Scout with Brendan Fraser didn't have a sequel. That's true. Or Mr. 3000 with Bernie Mac. Oh, oh let's go real fast before we, we conclude. Give us your uh, all-time favorite baseball top three movies. Go. Uh, Number one, by far, Bad News Bears, and there kind of isn't even a number two and a number three. I love Bad News Bears so much. It's my, it might be my favorite movie of all time. It's, wow. it's certain, wow. certainly top five. I treat it, I'm uh, of that age. I was born in 1968, so I treat uh, Bad News Bears, which came out in 76, as a uh, documentary. Uh, essentially, <laughs> um, uh, I, I like uh, uh, Moneyball um, uh, surprisingly a lot. Oh, as, as stop an, it! As an ageless, but Kevin, I also like I like looking at Brad Pitt. I'm not going to lie about that. Just like Kevin had a great point against uh, Moneyball. I think he made it on the Natural podcast, or I did. Maybe that was when we were hanging out. I did. Here's why the Moneyball. Here's why Moneyball sucks, and it's, you're a baseball guy. You should know this. 
Moneyball, the real story, was about guys who took walks. It was about four starting pitchers who yeah. each won 20 games, which is Plus never Miguel mentioned. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> the four aces, they're called the four aces. Four aces, they don't mention one time. That is yeah. why the A's won, was it 19 in a row or 20 in a row? Sorry. And then they went out to lose to the Yankees in the 2001 World Playoffs. Thank you very much. But that is horseshit. Look, it's enjoyable throughout, yes, but that glaring fact ruins it for me. So I can't. Uh, I, I will not have Moneyball in mind. So you say bad I news. Also, I enjoy watching it because um, it's based on the 2002 season, and that's when a team, a team in their division uh, won the World Series um, and, and uh, didn't get a movie made about them, but they won the World Series. So oh, I, mean, I was, I'm sick. I thought it was I like to be reminded by the, about that because it's the only thing that gives me pleasure. Um, and uh, do I have to have a rule of three here? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the rookie. I really hate most baseball movies. I like Bull Durham. I like it. Uh, I like it as a, as a baseball movie. I didn't dig that one. Uh, I will start a major league far and away. Numero uno. Eight I've really never seen that. So like, what? Uh, I know it's, it's oh. just like, it's a thing that happened. So quotable. So great. Uh, number two. I mean, eight man out's got to be in there as well. Oh, uh, right, right, right. I would elevate that. that. I would elevate yeah, that over. I've uh, never over. seen that. Is that about the the White Sox? Yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's, I figured it was by the name. It's a John Sayles kind of left wing, uh, like class. When did that war movie take? come out? Eighty eight, eighty ish. Yeah, eighty eight. Um, it's 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 super good. John Cusack and his youth. It's it's nice. Great. And and the babe. Just kidding. That's terrible. Um, I would say number three. I'm a toss up. I, I like Bad News Bears. Is your favorite part Tanner the shortstop going on his racist diatribe? Is that why you like it so much? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> He's the moral center of the film. Uh, I, I, I gotta say, you know what? I'll, I'll put my I'll put my nuts in the line. Either the rookie or or um or um um oh god, the other one I just said before that the 12 year old who owns the twins. I'm blanking on it. Amen. Um, oh no no no. Um, little big league. Little big league. Yeah, that's number yeah. three. I I, I, I think- love it. And, and I think Bull Durham, I think 61 is an oh, excellent. Oh, that's a good movie. one, too. That's very oh, good. Um, and I I love Bad News Bears. Uh, Go to Tokyo. And, Go to Japan. I, I, mean. I love the first major league is, though, such a classic. And yes. I, I always defend for love of the game because I hate when people go, I like it's it a too. baseball movie. It's a love story. Dude, every complex movie that's good isn't just a like Goodfellas isn't just a gangster movie. There's like other themes in it, too. And I think the baseball and for love of the game is excellent. I think Kevin Costner was throwing like 400 pitches a day, hitting fucking 85 on the fucking uh radar gun and he's in his 40s he's like, a, yeah, that to me is, is, he's a great athlete baseball player and uh yeah those those are some for me. i saw that that was uh they filmed some uh important footage of that at an angels preseason the freeway series preseason game in anaheim stadium and like they had him uh play an inning at shortstop for the tigers um uh for oh, it. wow and, and like he he made a throw in the hole got a guy out like he still had chops very impressive there's a documentary that i can highly recommend whose name i'm forgetting right now uh, but you mentioned kurt russell earlier the bastards uh, of baseball love thank it. you um it's oh, never really really great on netflix um, it's, it's about uh and it's like a, just an hour plus along it's about a portland uh oregon triple a team mm-hmm. run by kurt russell's father that kurt russell played for a little bit too where he just decided to make an independent um uh, uh uh minor league team um and in portland in just 70s and it's it's just fantastic uh it's short-lived but uh but really great it's very bad news bears like comes to life in many ways uh, but very enjoyable and i'm glad that i finally watched it i can listen to kurt russell read the phone book nick whitmer yep. did matt welch gut the sacred cow 
I think he had a, I mean, a very, very good job, very good argument. And he got me to drop it a half a point, which coming into this, I did not think it was going to happen because usually when people shit on this movie, they just call it corny, which I think is like lazy. And like, it's like, it's not trying to be like some gritty and it's, it's like, it's playing on all those like emotional heartstrings of like a movie with heart. And it's going to come across as corny if you're not invested into it. So I always don't like the argument of oh it's just a corny movie so the arguments that matt gave were great and different from what i've heard so i got to say he did a great job and he got me to drop it a half a point so that's a yes so i'll, I'll co-sign yeah, that. i mean Matt, yeah i'll co-sign in that gutting anytime you get this to drop a point i'm sure bill schultz is gonna have another coronary after we, we viciously shit on <laughs> the natural rightly so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we love Bill Schultz, as you know. That's and that's how we got Matt on the podcast. We got and actually Matt and I met for a, a hot minute at the Yankees Angels rain out about a month or so ago. That so that's correct. Here we are, Matt. Shout out where we can find you, what you're up to, all that good stuff. Would you please go, go to at Matt Welch? It's the on um, Twitter. It's the easiest way to find me. M a t t w e l c h. Work for reason. Do the fifth column. Do stuff for Paloma Media. But root stuff there. That's good. Thanks. It's a brief plug. I love it. Nick Whitmer, how about yourself? I'll do the same, except Instagram, at Nick underscore Whitmer. My special is coming out soon. Ooh. I'm in a really hilarious play called Race the Movie the Play. It's like a slapstick spoof, like a Mel Brooks type play about making fun of all the prestigious race movies, like a Green Book and just the embarrassing way Hollywood handles race. Uh, we did three shows at the New York Theater Festival. We sold all of them out. We have a comedy seller reading. It'll probably come out after this airs, but that's almost sold out. Um, really, really, really proud of being a part of this project. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see more about it. We're trying to do another run of theater shows, but also possibly maybe make it into a movie if we get enough support. Uh, so check that out. If you want to go to race the movie, the play.com. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Awesome. I thought you, I thought you said a brief plug. <laughs> well, I, I forgot. I had to. I had to plug the other stuff. So. No, I'm kidding. No, of course, you have much time as you want. So I'm just kidding. KevinGoatee.com for dates and other shenanigans, debauchery, and tomfoolery. GuttingTheSacredCow.com. Tell a friend about this fine podcast. We're kicking ass, taking names. No one else is doing what we're doing. Share the good news with a friend at GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Gutting the Sacred Cow and all the socials, including TikTok. No, we don't floss on there. That's just silly. Ah, uh, damn. Matt Welch, thanks for coming on and hanging out. We appreciate your your, uh, your thoughts and feel the dreams. You did a hell of a job. Nick Whitmer, thank you for stepping in the co-host chair. I knew hey, you could you'd appreciate the uh, the baseball film. You did so admirably well with the uh, the natural episode. Kevin Goatee, oh thank, thank you. you, Kevin Goatee. Say everybody, take care. Vita Zen. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.